Last week, we started a new series called Simply Christmas. Sometimes simplicity is best. After the challenges of this last year, it feels like we need Christmas now more than ever. This year's presented so many challenges, complications, and changes of plans. So, so perhaps the focus on simplicity would be well-timed, especially during this Christmas season, because sometimes simplicity is best. However, sometimes simplicity simply isn't possible. I tested positive for COVID today, and so I cannot be with you as I'm quarantining, but we are carefully doing a quarantine version of me recording this Sunday's message. So whether you're tuning online or in person, I'm glad you're with us. Um, sometimes simplicity isn't possible. But when it is, it's very, very important. Albert Einstein said this, everything should be made as simple as possible, but no more simple. I'm no Einstein, but he is a smart guy, and he said everything should be made as simple as possible, but no more simple. Don't make it ineffective. But usually there's a way to eliminate complexity and make things simple. So last week, we talked about the simple plan for us this Christmas to do less so we could do more. And we asked the question, what can you set aside this month to focus more on Jesus? Because he set aside heaven to come to earth for you. What could you set, set aside to focus more on him, worship him more, reflect on him more, experience him more? Maybe it's time, money. We'll revisit at the end, but I want to challenge you to be specific. What can you set aside this month to focus more on Jesus? And what can you set aside this month to focus on serving others? Because Jesus set aside heaven to focus on serving us by showing up, by showing up in the manger, showing up on the cross. So think about that. That simple plan might help you get the most out of Christmas this season. Today I want to talk about part of what having a simple plan would be, and that would be the lesson from the life of Mary to simply trust. Life is complicated and it frequently gets interrupted. I'm living it right now. And sometimes our simple plans are even interrupted by God, that he steps up and says, change of plans. So today, let's look at Mary and how God changed her plans and how it was an interruption, but it was also an opportunity. In Luke chapter 1, verses 26 and following, Mary has this defining moment that altered her life forever. But it was an interruption. I mean, it would change how people thought of her. It would change her identity. It would change her plans. It would change her health. Everything changed. When this happened, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Here's this girl. She's probably got lots of plans. And then it gets interrupted. Verse 28. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Again, it's a great promise. It's the central promise, not just of Christmas, but I think of the Bible. We're frequently told that God's desire is to be with us, the Lord with you. And the angel shows up and says, you're highly favored. The Lord's with you. It sounds awesome. It's a blessing. It's a benefit. But what you need to understand that usually when God, if not always, when God calls you, there's always a blessing, but there's also always a cost. And what Mary was going to say yes to would cost her. It would cost her her reputation. 
It costs her a change of plans of probably what she had thought of and dreamed of with her and Joseph. It cost her so much. And then in verse 29, we see how she thought about it. Mary was greatly troubled at his words, and she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Yeah, like what kind of greeting is this? She's greatly troubled because we fear the unknown. See, there's not a lot of details given to her so far, and she's kind of thinking about some things, and she's like, I don't know about this. It troubled her. And it also troubled her because it was a disruption of her plans. But this wasn't random. It was a divine interruption, a holy interruption. And she's greatly troubled, but then she did something really smart. She wondered, she thought, she reflected, she pondered. She intentionally looked into it. She wondered and inquired. See, God uses holy interruptions that can cause great fear as opportunities to express simple faith and simple trust. Mary is given this thing that she doesn't quite understand, an invitation. And the question is, will she simply trust and step into the plan? Here's the change of plans that interrupted her plans. Verse 30. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, that's got to have her head spinning. But look at the details. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign forever Jacob, over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. It sounds awesome. And if I were Mary, I would have said, I'm sorry, I stopped listening out of you will, give birth, you will conceive and give birth to a son. I, I, everything after that, I didn't hear a thing. Because it was shocking to her. The promise is great, but she's probably stumbling and focusing on this idea. And then so many times we read when the angels show up and have an interaction with somebody. It happened with Joseph, happened with Mary, happened with the shepherds, it happened with other people. Their common go-to phrase was, do not be afraid or fear not. Every time the angels show up, they announce a change of plans. The go-to phrase is, fear not, don't be afraid, because that's what happens. I think some of it is an angel shows up and you're like, that's kind of scary. I've never seen that. You don't see that every day. But I think some of it is also Something in my life's about to change significantly. It's a fear of loss of control, a fear of the unknown. And a change of plans knocks us off our schedule. It knocks us off balance. But when that happens, what you do in that moment matters. Here's what Mary did. Mary asked a very fair question. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin. She's like, look, I, I went to... Bethlehem High, Nazareth High, like I, I, I took biology, like I know how this works, like how in the world could I give birth since I'm a virgin? God doesn't always tell us why, and he doesn't always tell us how, and he doesn't always tell us when, but actually here, he gives a lot of details to Mary. Verse 35 and following, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born, we be called the Son of God. And at that point, that's all stuff that she can't really trust but verify, you know? Like she's like, okay, 
I want to believe. And he, so he goes on. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. And here's the promise. For no word from God will ever fail. No word of God from God will ever fail. What appears to be an interruption to our plans is not an interruption to God's plans. His purposes always prevail, even in a pandemic. God is at work. And we have a choice to step back and say, am I going to focus on the problem or focus on the opportunity? Am I going to focus on fear or am I going to focus on simply trusting and asking God, what would he have me do? For no word of God will ever fail. When things don't go as planned or as you want them to go, simply trust God is in control. Simply trust his plan. And here's the thing about simple trust. Trusting God's plan includes trusting his timing. This was bad timing for Mary's plan. She had plans for the engagement and getting married and how their family would start. Interruptions to God's plans are not interruptions to his purposes, and God's plan need, means it, trusting his timing, not just what he asked us to do, but when he will do it. Then there's this defining moment, not when Jesus is born, but before. Here's the defining moment of the Christmas story. How will Mary respond? And she said, I am the Lord's servant. She said, yes. Simple trust. It's hard to make sense of all this. How will she help others understand? Most people probably didn't. What will Joseph do? What will Joseph think? Like her head's probably spinning. But she chose to simply trust. I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. In the CEV version, it says, I'm the Lord's servant, and I'm willing to accept whatever he wants. Man. That's simple trust, that's simple faith, but that's also courage. And I'm so thankful that she said yes to that opportunity. Because God uses holy interruptions that cause great fear as opportunity to express great faith and trust and eventually will lead to a deeper faith and deeper trust. Because faith, trust, is simply built one step at a time, one yes at a time. Mary's defining lesson in life was God can be trusted. And the reason we know that is because she said that. She said yes. It doesn't make sense. I don't know how to explain it. But I'm the Lord's servant. Because our simple trust shows up by saying yes to what God's want, God wants. Her defining lesson in life was that God can be trusted. Her response isn't perfect. I mean, she she just simply said yes. It's not a big deal. And she just said yes to this very big deal. She said yes to God. She said yes to trust. And then the rest of the story goes on. And and we all know the story. So then it goes from there. And then Joseph has an interaction with an angel. He's like, yeah, me too. This is crazy. And it changed his mind about what to do with this situation. And then I, I don't, we don't get a lot of details about the family and how they interacted, but all of a sudden, I wonder what was going on through Mary's mind as suddenly the shepherds show up. And they said, an angel saw us too. She's like, thank you, I'm not crazy. And, and then the wise men show up. 
different details of people around there confirm what's going on. I wonder what was going on in the rest of the story. And I think what happened is she said, I'm so glad I trusted God. I'm so glad I trusted him. In Jeremiah 7, 7, it says this. Let me turn there real quick. Jeremiah 7, 7 says this. Then I will let you live in this place, in the land I gave your ancestors forever and ever. God keeps his promises. Later in Jeremiah 17, 7, he says this. I'll just give you a little clue. I just read the wrong verse. It's 17, 7, not 7, 7. So uh, they'll edit that in post. They really won't. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Blessed is the one whose trust is in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Let me ask you this. Where is your trust? Is it in your plans or God's plans? Where is your confidence? Is it in what you can do or what God can do? And are your plans about what you want or what God wants for your life? Because the answer is simply trust. And here's the questions I really want you to reflect on. Maybe take a picture, a screenshot of this, or think about this. We actually have discussion questions for every week for the sermon that you can use for discussion or reflection. But think about this. Can God be trusted? Before you give a very quick yes or a very quick no, think about why you would say that. Can God be trusted? It's one of the critical questions you have to answer because if you don't fully believe that, you will say no to his plans or you will be selective to saying yes to his plans. I'll say yes to this, then no to this. Can God be trusted? It's the ultimate question in life. Do I trust him? Do I trust his plans? Do I trust his commands? Because it will show up in the interrupted moments of life in your response to a change of plans. How do you respond? The next question is this, do I trust God's timing? It's one thing to trust God's plan, but what if it's not happening the way you thought it would? What if you're waiting? Waiting is hard. Like trusting God's timing is a part of it. Third question is this, do I trust God enough to set aside my plans to fully embrace his? Again, what we talked about last week is Jesus set aside heaven, Philippians 2, 6 and following. He set aside heaven to step into earth, to pour himself into the form of a man, to serve us by being obedient to death, even death on a cross. He set aside his plans to do that for you. Do you trust him enough to set aside your plans for his, that simple trust? And then let's get really, really specific. Fourth question, where might God be asking me to set aside some of my plans to step into his? Get specific. Where's an area right now where you think, I think God wants me to do this, but I'm going to do this. Or maybe I'm like, I'm not going to listen to what he's saying, or I'm going to try and focus on other things. See, I want to warn you. If God never interrupts your plans, if he never interrupts your plans, if you never change your plans, to set aside yours and grab onto his. Are you really living out really living out his plans for your life? Or are you just living out your plans? Here's one of the things I've noticed about myself. See if you can relate to this. I love engaging scripture. It's a big part of my life. It's it's been life-changing. It's been catalytic to my spiritual growth. <clears throat> and I've got verses in here that I've underlined. 
I've got things that I've highlighted. I've got some notes that I've made in here as I've read through scripture. Here's the thing I've noticed about myself. I highlight selectively. I, I underline selectively, meaning this. Oh, I really like this promise of God. I'll underline that. But then there's a command from God that would cost me something. I'll just leave that be. I want to go back to that promise. I'm going to highlight that. Be careful about selectively embracing, choosing to embrace God's promises or character qualities, but not trusting his words, his commands, his instruction, and his leadership. See, the very nature of the gospel is that Jesus asked us to set something aside. It's not something, it's someone. It's ourselves. He asked us to set aside all our hopes, dreams, and desires and everything and trust that his plans are better. His way is better. His commands are better. Beware of trusting God selectively. I'll trust God with the fact that he loves me. But what he talks about, my finances or my relationships, my sexuality, I don't know. Don't, please don't, I'm not going to highlight those. And I think it's because we fear the unknown. We have this desire and this plan in our life or this desire in our heart, and we fear the unknown, and we think sometimes stepping into the unknown of God leading me a different direction is an interruption. But do I trust him? Trust is evidenced in the places where he asked the most of me. The hard yeses, not just the easy yeses. That's where trust is evidenced and proven. So what's the story, or what's the, what's the so what of, of Mary's story in, in um, Luke chapter 1? Mary's story and the Christmas story, it really is this idea of simple trust. She answered all those questions and stepped into God's plan. And the Christmas story is a story of interruptions because it's an interruption to our plans does not mean it's an interruption to his plans. And I'm so glad God interrupted our plans and the plans of Mary and Joseph and the world to step into humanity. And when that happens, it's an opportunity to trust. God can be trusted is a lesson we learn over and over and over again in life if we say yes, if we choose to trust him. So what do you do? Here's what I would challenge you to do. Here's the, here's the simple trust thing. Here's the brave thing that Mary did that I challenge you to do. Acknowledge your need for God to break into your life. Or, or are you trying to build up walls because you don't want him to bring in, build it or break in? Acknowledge your need for him to break in. Maybe even open the door. Don't wait for him to knock. Just open the door. Acknowledge your need for God to break in your life. And then ask him and to take residence in your heart and control of your life. Let him take residence in your heart and control of your life. Invite Jesus to break in, to interrupt your life and your plans. And then choose to simply trust his plan. Read the Bible and pay attention to the things you might skip over or not highlight or avoid. Beware of the selective um, choosing of his principles and promises and then trust his timing. See, the miracle of God, this is the greatest thing about the miracle uh, that we see reflected in the Christmas story and it has nothing to do with Bethlehem or the manger. 
The miracle of God with us in the manger is amazing, but it gets bigger, better, and even more amazing. Paul told us, the Apostle Paul told us about a modern-day manger, a manger today. Here's what he said, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Do you not know, I hope you know this, that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you. When you give your life to him, he gives his life to you to live his life in you and through you. And now the temple of the Holy Spirit isn't a building. It's you. The manger that can contain the Son of God is you. You're the modern day manger. You are not your own. Jesus set aside heaven to come to earth. We are asked to set aside ourselves to embrace his life. You are not your own. You are bought at a price, a very high price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies, how you live, how you trust, and how you follow. Jesus chose to show up in a human body and now chooses to inhabit your human body through the Holy Spirit. So now, the manger is a temple. This manger is a temple of the Holy Spirit. If you've given your life to Jesus, your life is a manger that becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit. What an awesome promise of God. The miracle of Christmas is that God showed up in the manger, but even more so that he showed up in the mess of my life. And he invites you to simply trust him with all of it and invite him to do the same. Think about your life right now. Where's an area of your life where you need to simply trust? Maybe it's a place where you've been holding on and you're like, I'm gonna do what God says over here, but I haven't been saying yes over here. Maybe it's just kind of with the chaos of what's going on around you, just saying, I wanna simply trust even though I don't see a path forward or a solution. I don't know what it is for you, but I think God will always be calling us into opportunities to simply trust. So again, what is the, here's the question for you. Where do you need to simply trust God in your life right now? And then I'll take you back to our, our plan, simple Christmas plan for this series. A simple plan, do less, set something aside to do more. What can you set aside this month to focus more on trusting Jesus? That's what he did. He set aside heaven to come to earth. What can you set aside to focus on him more, experience him more? Maybe it's time. I'm going to set aside 15 minutes a day or more. I'm going to set aside social media. I'm not going to play the role of the angels announcing things to the world anymore. I'm just going to focus on listening to what God has to say to me. Maybe it's setting aside money. I'm going to eat something, eat out less or <clears throat> one less Sonic or Starbucks or whatever it is you do. I'm just going to set that aside and I'm going to give it as an act of worship to God. But the biggest area where you can set aside something and trust him is where of your plans could you set aside so you can embrace God's plans for you? And simply trust. And then we also said, what can you set aside this month to focus on serving others? Jesus set aside heaven to come serve us by laying his down, let down his life at the cross. What can you set aside? Again, think time. Set aside time for serving others. I know I'm signing, signing up to be a bell ringer a couple times with the Salvation Army. There's plenty of opportunities to serve um, officially, but also sometimes it's organically. Just It happens in life. When you see an opportunity to serve, what can you set aside to say yes to serving others. Maybe it's words. I'm going to set aside talking less so I can listen more. Or I'm going to ask questions more than I make statements to the people around me. 
Maybe it's setting aside your agenda for a relationship and just simply loving and serving and praying for that person. Maybe it's setting aside your pride and setting aside a grudge so you could say, I'm sorry, or I forgive you. And again, it's setting aside money. Maybe you could set aside some money to give to those in need. This is the simple plan. Do less to do more. And I think if we did that, it would make for a very meaningful season of us simply trusting God with our time, our money, our thoughts, our words, our relationships, all of it, as we set aside our plans and embrace his. I challenge you to get very, very practical on this because if you don't get practical, it's just a good idea rather than a great action on behalf of connecting with God and connecting with others. And as you think about planning for this Christmas season, it's not too early to plan for Christmas Eve. I want to challenge you now to RSVP for in-person Christmas Eve services, 3.45 p.m. and 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve, December 24th. Please RSVP so we know how many are coming and we can make plans accordingly. If your plans change, please let go of your tickets so others can have those. We're also doing online Christmas Eve this year that will be live streams, but they'll be pre-recorded with a special, same content, but a special packaging and presentation just for you. So if you're planning to engage Christmas Eve from home, you can come actually come by Live Oak this week, Monday through Thursday from 10 to 4, to get kids' coloring pages and to pick up candles. That way, in the candlelight portion of our service, you can participate and have the things you need for there. Next Sunday, please, so please make plans for Christmas Eve. Next Sunday, we'll continue in Simply Jesus, excuse me, Simply Christmas. And as we do that, I wanted to let you know that in that service, at the end of the service, we'll be sharing communion together. And as we do that, you can come by Live Oak this week if you're watching from home and plan on watching that one from home. Come by and get the elements so you can participate in communion with us at the end of the service. Also, this week, Monday to Thursday, out front of Live Oak from 10 to 4. You can pick up communion supplies, Christmas Eve supplies. Make sure you do that because we are aware that many of you have to be home. So we want to engage you well and help you engage us well and let's worship God together. Let's pray together. God, thank you that Christmas season shows us the simple trust. And simple may not be the right word because it was complicated. But it came down to a simple yes. A fork in the road. A choice for Mary. Will I do what I planned or do what God is now telling me to do? Will I do it in spite of what others will think of me and what it will cost me? Will I do it even if I don't understand? God, for many of us, there are things in our life we need to set aside to fully embrace your plans. And for many of us who've been struggling and stuck, we're wondering why we can't step into your plan for our life and perhaps there's something you're asking us to set aside. God, I pray that this would be an exercise led by you because you promised that God with us wasn't just then. It includes us now. And that as we navigate processing, what can we set aside to focus on you and what can we set aside to focus on serving others and what can we set aside to embrace your plan, you, the Holy Spirit, God with us, indwells this manger and temple and leads us if we will listen. And God, I pray you'd show us those areas where we're selectively trusting you and help us to have a simple trust that says yes. And maybe the best expression of simple trust is saying yes to you even before we know what you ask. That whatever you ask, we can tell you now, Jesus, it will be a yes because of your great yes for us, God with us. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for joining us.